do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 461 as we get closer to the big 500. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. We're starting a little bit later than usual because um, I found water in our studio basement. Sprung a leak. We sprung a leak. So we're going to be, usually we go about an hour. I think we'll go about 40 minutes. So apologies. No, I don't have to leave till, well, yeah, I guess so, 50. Yeah. I have to leave at 10 after. Yeah, 50 minutes. So, um, so yeah, you know. Even we have a kid who woke up not feeling good, and then our kitchen and our basement is a little flooded. So cheers. Cheers. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> Way to start out the day. That's, and you know what? I don't know how you feel, but, you know. Well, you are, what? yeah, you're in a, um, I don't know. We've kind of had some curveballs thrown our way in the first hour of the week, and you are, um, you're very happy. Am I zen? You're very zen. Last night, you were zen too, but zen in a different way. Oh, I can't remember why. We had a big family meeting last night. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. About kids and probably husbands not picking family family the crew the crew the team not picking up after themselves i just think it's funny and i i i i want to say that i do understand it because i did it as a kid so it's not as if i have zero I have clarity about it, right? meaning that I did things like, I'm just not going to change the toilet paper, and I expected someone else to do it when I was a kid or whatever. if you expect it, you just don't want to do it, and yeah, I guess you Isn't expect that ex- it. Ex- you know, you know, so- you know someone else will do it. Yeah, like you don't even think, oh, mom will do this. You're like, oh, well, next someone time I need the it. bathroom, something will be there. And I have to say that I carried those habits into college mm-hmm. because I lived with a bunch of girls in college, and you know, I pulled my weight in some ways, but... I- you know, if we're using not changing the toilet paper as a metaphor, I'm sure I did that yeah. and other things where I'd be like, someone else will do this. Yeah. And then I carried it into my 20s. I lived with three girls, did similar things. Someone else will take out the garbage. Someone else will do this. And then God bless America. I lived by myself for four years. And I'm so glad I did that because that for me. There's no magic fairy. I was it. And no one's going to take out the garbage but you. The reason I bring it up is because, you know, you were, um, it was the end of a long weekend. Uh You were probably a little tired and just sick of picking up after yourself, your husband, your three kids. Uh And you just had a kind of a, a, like a a come to Jesus family moment. Like, come on, let's, let's be teammates here. Well, and that's exactly what it was. I went in the kitchen. I cleaned the kitchen about 80 thousand and two times this weekend like people and that's the thing it's so funny like and when I'm in a certain space I'm like this is just funny that people leave all this and think you know I make a joke about it like oh don't worry yeah I got it and then sometimes I'm like no you do your part especially if they're around and then last night I went in the kitchen and there was water everywhere and Alexa was sitting in like water and there were like forks all and I'm like okay wait a second Mm -hmm. Um, well, and this has, and these uh, stories are connected because the reason that we have water in our studio is because of the faucet head had sprung a leak. Yes, and it not only was it leaking when you use it. What I didn't know is it was also leaking when you weren't using it. So it was dripping all night. Oh my gosh! So this isn't good. And the reason that there was water 
on the counter because when you use it, it just water sprays everywhere. Right. So basically just to finish this story is I wasn't, I don't think I was very angry. I just walked in, everyone was watching 60 minutes and I said, just pause for a second. And I said, could we just, when we do something, when we cook something, when we get something out, there's no reason to expect someone else to clean it up. When you do it, you finish it and we help each other. That's a key because like if someone like, you know, Skyler cooked pasta this weekend, that's kind of a big messy deal. I'm happy to help. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about, I don't, what I didn't want, Todd, was for us to get in the habit of, it's not mine. I didn't do it. I don't think teams and communities work that way. I think that if someone needs help, you help them. I also think you take responsibility for your own stuff. So on the other side of this, I want to talk to a little bit about how the end of the night went, which is a good part of the story. I can't remember. Well, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. But I want to play a clip from this YouTube thing that you and I laughed at called a magic coffee table. <laughs> um, so just picture this. There's a wife and she just got home from work. I don't even think they're married. I just think they're a dating. Girlfriend. Yeah. And there's a dude sitting on the couch reading the paper. I think that's all you need to know. I just wish you'd take some initiative and cook your own dinner for once. I've been at work too, you know, and what now I get to come home and pack the dishwasher and then unpack the dishwasher and cook dinner and put the washing on and you know what, I can't continue to live like this because hey, it's hey, not hey, me. Hey, hey, relax. It's gonna be alright. How? Here, I'll just show you. Okay, I've been doing this since we moved in. See this basket thing? I don't know how it happens, if it's the house or what. It's a basket of laundry. <laughs> yes. But any dirty clothes you put in this basket, somehow the next day, they're just clean, folded, and in a perfect pile on your bed. You're not serious. I couldn't believe it at first either. But it just keeps happening. That's why I didn't tell you. I didn't want to jinx it. You are insane. Try it. You'll see. Unless it's only chosen me. See, I don't know. I can't do this. No, wait. There's other things too. Plates, cutlery, pizza boxes, dirty tissues, anything you leave on this coffee table just vanishes overnight. I mean, sometimes I'll see how far I can push this thing and I'll just leave shit everywhere. (laughs) And then sure enough, the next day, it's all gone. It's just vanished. It's magic. No, she wouldn't have left me. This is what I think happened. Oh, good enough. So here's what's interesting about it. And again, that whole clip is funny, but... What I think people, and I don't want to be gender specific, but what people fail to understand about like the coffee table or the laundry or whatever is I think a lot of times, um, who's ever doing the emotional labor, majority of the time women, there's an, or there's a thing like, oh, they just need things to be clean or they're clean freaks or, you know, the person who's not, you know, doing their part is like, oh, they just need to be clean and I don't really care that much. It's not about clean. It's about not having a dysfunctional environment. Mm. And if you have stuff everywhere and it's not put away, every day is going to start in a certain kind of chaos. It's not about I need to go to bed and the kitchen's sparkling clean and now I feel good about myself because it's clean. It's not that. It's if you don't have a bowl for breakfast, that creates a meltdown. Everything backs up. If you don't have underwear and socks for the day, what are you going to do? And so there is a – this is an emotional labor piece where there is an understanding that to have a flow, 
starting in the morning through the day, things have to be in at least a place, a certain place, and things have to be processing and moving on so we can do the next day. Yeah. So what I what is very important, a message that I get across to men and women, is this is not about being clean freaks, mm. which is, I think, what... I think that's a convenient thing that's for, a convenient thing me for people to say to say to you Correct. in those moments because I... Um, I don't think I... You'll say, and you don't really say like this, but people will be like, messes don't bother me. This doesn't bother me. It bothers you, not me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> if I, if I, I guess I hear that, but I'm not really bothered by like the pizza box isn't bothering me because I'm a clean freak. It's because you leave that food out as we experienced in the basement mm-hmm. and things are going to happen. Things yeah. are going to grow. Yeah. Bugs are going to come. You know, we have to like take care of our environment so we don't have chaos. Yeah. And, you know, make no mistake, sweetie is a clean person, but you are by no means a clean freak. Not at all. I mean, like, that's the thing is like there are certain areas, bathrooms and kitchens that I think, you you know, I'm a little cleaner than other places because you have to be. Yeah. But it's not about I need people to see me having a beautiful house. I don't care about that. But I do need in the morning for there to be a spoon for my kids and I need them to have some clean socks and there needs to be, we need to be starting from at least A or B. Well, and the thing is, I totally hear you and I find myself, I don't do it as much, but I think a lot of times like a guy will be like, but I loaded the dishwasher. Remember that part of Bernays TED Talk? And that's one day. That's one one thing, one half, one day. Um, But there is some things like, you know, if the girls don't have underwear or socks, part of me wants to say, deal with it. I know, honey, but guess who deals with it? I know, you me. do. Right. So I love it when you say things like, let's just see what happens natural to them. Natural consequences. Okay, it's not as natural as it appears because they have a breakdown right. and I have to emotionally connect yeah. with them to help them support them through the chaos that didn't need to be created and, in the first and place. And by the way, I'm not right, no. but there's a part of me that that my non-right part of me would be like, <laughs> don't help them through the idea of not having socks or underwear when they go to school. Like, sorry, that's the way it goes. And you wouldn't do that, but there's a part of me. I'm, I'm just making a face because like, I just wish I could leave you at home for a week yeah. and then you do all your fun natural consequences yeah, thing right, right. and see how that works out for you right. because you get to say sorry and yeah, then you, you walk out the door mm-hmm. and then I'm left dealing with the emo- Like why create an emotional breakdown? Right, it's easier. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And why not teach them how to take care of themselves rather than I'm going to just put all these consequences on you constantly. Like let's go the other route. Yeah. Let's go the proactive route, which is they've already had plenty of experiences of not having underwear and socks. We don't need to keep recreating mm-hmm. that negative scenario. Right. The thing is, JC did her own laundry yesterday. Yeah. Cameron finally at nighttime after a big discussion did her own laundry. So it's not like, it's not as if I'm like doing everybody's stuff and nobody's pitching in, yeah. but it's the reminder to do your laundry. Well, so, and then we'll move on yeah, to I actually what we're talking this. about. Yeah. Um, the way that the night ended is we, you slash we watched a 30 Rock. You were playing Instagram with the girls uh-huh. or Snapchat or whatever <laughs> it is. And you just let it go. And I, I'm always inspired by you like, okay, we talked and now I'm back in a place where I can connect with you. Yeah, it's over. And I just remember, I don't know if it's from my own childhood or maybe TV, but I feel like most of us would just kind of carry this hard conversation 
into the rest of the night and you're just really good at just letting it go. Well, two things. Number one, I don't come into it with a lot of anger. So I'm not, it's not a blow up as we've talked about for eight years on the show. I have so many mini breakdowns along the way that I don't carry things where then all of a sudden I have this blow up and then I need days to recover. Um, that's part of it. It also is what just to question everybody who gets angry at their kids and then decides to stay angry for 24 hours to prove a point. Yeah. You're not doing anything but harming your relationship. Yeah. As long as you said what you need to say, um, you know, move on. And you and the way you said it, like you were serious, but you there was no yelling. I felt like you stayed above the line Good. even during your frustrating most frustrating moments from last night. And that's takes a lot of work. Correct. And I know you're like, I I don't know what you're like, but. Well, you know what? I also think it's a lot easier. So that's the interesting thing is, is it takes a lot of work emotionally and mentally. And, but then in the long run, no relationships are damaged. No apologies are necessary. Um, nobody's mad at each other. So is it really, um, harder? That's kind of my question. That's what I want to move on to. Um, Um, can I do that? Todd, will you do me a favor while I start and get me a Kleenex? Sure. Because it's in my office right there. Okay. Um, so you guys, this is what we're going to talk about today. So I got Brene Brown's new book called Dare to Lead. Um, wonderful as usual. And for those of you who are Brene Brown fa- uh, fans, um, she carries a lot of all of the concepts, thanks, honey, that she teaches about vulnerability and about shame and about conversation and about connection and about communication into this book. Um, the focus is more on the workplace, but the way I want to use it on this show I am using it in Todd and for Todd and my team and for but you know for our workplace. Yeah. But I want to relate this to family. Okay. Because really, when we're leading, we lead as parents too, yeah, right? We're, we're the leaders. We are the leaders of the family um, or our community, and so I feel like these points um, are things that we can obviously do at home, but can reconfirm. I think. I think sometimes, like you said, things are so deeply embedded in us around fear and shame and around that we need to be angry at our kids or that we need to punish them because it's like a societal pattern. And sometimes when we are having conversations with our kids and talking to them and then they make another mistake, you know, on Team Zen, this happens a lot. And even with friends where they'll be like, well, oh my gosh, they did it again. So the method that I'm using with listening, connecting must not be working. I'm like, okay, Using the method of connecting and and discussion and t- treating them like human beings doesn't mean they're never going to do anything again. Right. It means that's going to be your ongoing way right. of relating to them rather than saying you're grounded for a week or now I'm not going to talk to you for two days yeah. because that's going to create more chaos in the long run. I wanted to share these because I think for those of you who listen to this show and who do things that are maybe more, you know focused on communication and connection, this will reaffirm for you that you're doing the right thing. All right. Okay. So I'm going to, obviously this book is long. Um, so I'm just going to focus on the, the heart. She calls it the heart of daring leadership. Okay. And there's three parts to it. Okay. And so these are kind of the, the three things that she tends to the most in the book. And it's about how to set the tone for, um, you know, she's saying your company, but I'm going to say our family. So everybody not only 
communicates appropriately, but listens and then learns from each other. Okay. Okay. Yep. Isn't that what we're trying to do with our kids? Yeah. There's really no difference. It's an it's or, no it's difference. organizational management, exactly. whether it's a corporation or a family of five. You got it. Plus a bunny. So plus the rabbit and they, that rabbit. I'll tell you, she's she's uh, she's, she's ex- our teacher. She's the expert in mindfulness, sweetie. So the heart of daring leadership. The first one, um, okay, there's three. The first one, uh, you can't get to courage without rumbling with vulnerability. And then her kind of tagline for this one is embrace the suck. I think why she needs to focus on this so much is because people, when she, when Brene Brown will talk about vulnerability or when we talk about it, um, or any of us do, we'll talk about how it's so uncomfortable and we don't like it and we don't want to do it. And nobody said that having a difficult conversation or talk about talking about something that's hard was supposed to be easy. I think sometimes when someone is teaching us how to do something, we're looking for, okay, how do I avoid the feelings? Yeah, I certainly do. How do I jump to... I want to jump to the success without going through it. Only way to go above the mountain is to go through the mountain. Exactly. Like, in, And when she says embrace the suck, why that's a good like tagline for everybody mm-hmm. is if you have to have a difficult conversation, embrace it's going to be challenging. Now, when I say challenging, mm-hmm. I don't mean you're going to have a fight with someone. Embrace that your inner self will have some conflict about... Like, here's all the the thoughts and emotions that go on when you need to have a difficult conversation. Should I really do this? Will this create more craziness? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Do I do I owe it to them? How about I stay pissed instead? How, how about I do the passive aggressive thing instead? How about they figure it out? How about I ignore them for two days? How about we try and find any avenue we can to not do the thing we know we need to do? Because which, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to feel it. We don't want to feel... The thing about vulnerability by definition is that there is a feeling of, okay, I, I, I'm, this makes no sense, but I'll, I'll get there. When you're going to be vulnerable, you're going to feel vulnerability. And yeah. I, I'm trying to come up with another word that it's like, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel, oh, I know, Todd, here's, here's the word that works for me. When I tell you how I really feel about something, I feel exposed. Yeah. I feel right now my heart is so wide open that he has the opportunity to crush me right. if he wanted to. Now, I know you're not going to do that in my knowledge, in my mind. Sure. But all of us have had times in our history, either through with our parents or with a teacher or with a coach or with friends or if we were bullied, where we were ourselves and we opened our heart and someone did take advantage of us. Right. Okay. That's why we don't want to do it again. And we learned as as we discuss and, you know, Brene Brown talks about we learned to put on our, uh, our armor mm-hmm. and go out into the world and armor up so that will never happen again. Right. But the unfortunate part is you don't connect or have intimacy. You don't, you're not even capable of practicing courage unless you do it again. Right. Unless you take all the armor off. Right. Um, I remember because I just, uh, I, we talked about vulnerability in our last tribe men's group up in Wilmette. And, uh, you know, there's so many definitions of it. One is vulnerability is the courage to be yourself. Another right. is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, Correct. either physically or emotionally, which I think is interesting. Like, so, so like there's some survival reasons why we don't want to be vulnerable. Correct. Because who in their right minds wants to be attacked or harmed? Um, Because that's what vulnerability is. And the answer is, if you're taking the long play in a relationship, that's the only way 
to create deep connection. And the only way to demonstrate how you want to communicate is to be someone who's willing to be vulnerable and communicate that way first. That's always the comeback um, when we're in relationship with someone, even with someone who's very difficult, is we will say, well, they don't do that, or they won't do that, or if I'm nice to them, they won't be nice, or they should be nice first, or if they did it first, I would do it. I really, again, this book is called Dare to Lead, and I think something that we always like to talk about together, Todd and I, and to share with all of you, is we have to be the leaders. We have to be the ones in, as the parent, obviously, we have to lead, but even in our emotional relationships with our friends, at work, with our partner, we don't wait for them to do something. Mm -hmm. We lead, and we create the example and we role model how we want to be communicated with. Right. That's what, again, going back to last night or any time that I'm with my kids, I'm not thinking about how can I win? How can I teach them a lesson? How can I make them feel like crap? How can I like get them to a point of being so afraid? That doesn't that harms them in the future. The, the, and you, for the really. Absolutely. Because if you want to have a loving relationship with your kids and they and there's constant disconnections, you're not going to get to where you want to go. Exactly. And we are then teaching them in relationship to have constant disconnection. If we're doing the passive aggressive thing, either you and I, Todd, with each Mm -hmm. other, or I'm doing that with the girls, like, you know, they didn't put their stuff away. And I'm like, yep, uh uh-huh, yep. And I'm doing the whole, like, I'm going to be annoyed at you and not make eye contact with you and make you feel bad. That makes us feel that's armor for us because we're pretending that we're above it or we're pretending that we've already won. But it's so, to me, transparent, Mm -hmm. like of you're afraid to actually say to someone, this is creating more work for me. I wish that we could have a conversation about how we can share this load. We're teaching them how to be with us and with other people in not a positive way. Well, what's interesting is let me paint the picture for you. Last night, it was Sunday night. We're watching football. Everybody was in in a pretty good mood. Meanwhile, you were getting frustrated because of these house because Alexa issues. was in a swimming pool. And it think how much easier it would have been, and I say easy in quotes, for you to go upstairs, shut the door, read a book. Instead, you basically got vulnerable, which means yeah. have a difficult conversation with your husband, your three kids, and the rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Smokes. Smokes was there. Um, so it's just... That's the work. The fact that you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it with wonderful content, uh, context. Talk about content versus context. It's not what you're saying. It's how you say it. You said it with like with with a spirit of, hey, we're all on the same team here. And this is not about poor me, poor me. I I I wasn't. I was saying. There's a bunch of pieces I threw in there. I don't, I actually don't remember how it it all went, but I was like, girls, part of what my job is for you going into the future is for you to understand you're supposed to pick up your stuff. Not because I told you to, not because you're a bunch of lazy people, but when you do something, if it be here at a restaurant, like one, even we're at a restaurant, I'm always big about let's bus our own stuff Mm -hmm. and help the person who, the waiter or waitress, when they come pick things up, who are we to like eat and just like throw everything on the table and make a mess? Yeah. And some people say, well, that's what I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these are human beings. Yeah. So let's help them. And let's like, when we drop something or when we litter something or a napkin goes flying, go get it. Mm-hmm. That's not for someone else to get. Yeah. 
we do our best to get it. So I try and teach them instead of that, it's about me. Do you see how oftentimes as parents, we're like, do this for me, do this for me. Well, I'll give you a really kind of vulnerable example. When I was little, let's say, whatever, Cameron's age, 13, uh, my parents were not getting along at all. And my mom was working her tail off and she, um, there was a lot of chaos in Mm -hmm. her life. Let's just say that. And the one thing that kind of maybe brought her centered was to have a clean house. So when me and uh, my siblings just were not carrying close to our weight, uh, she would like get triggered and get really sad and really mad at the same time. And I remember her screaming, not to not at us, but just in, like to God, to, out in the universe. I have no life. Yeah, she would say that like loud, and it was totally like harmful mm-hmm. and impactful. And now I just want to hug my mom because you understand. Because now. now I understand. Um, I say that just because like that's how a lot of parents. Um, express their frustration. And this goes to self-care. Like the only way that you have the capacity to come in and have a loving conversation reminding us that we all have responsibilities is if you are taking care of yourself. So I don't know. It's That's like, if this happened 30 years ago in my family, it would have been my mom screaming to the universe saying, why is all this crap happening? Well, and the other important thing, whenever you come in and you give a little soliloquy or a little speech about something and you, you know, try and say, let's all help each other. I always try and end with now because one of our daughters kind of had a look on her face like she was kind of, she didn't roll her eyes. She wasn't that disrespectful, but kind of like as if I missed something. Mm. So I looked at her and said, did I miss something? Because you're looking at me like I'm crazy. That was your, that was your biggest moment of temptation to go below the line. Right. And so I, and, and the thing is, is she was looking at me that way. So let's not pretend you're not like you obviously, when I say this to her, I want to like go back to that moment because I'm not trying to make her feel bad about the facial expression, Mm -hmm. but the facial expression has a story behind it. So what let's get it out. Let's get it out. What am I missing? And what she told me is mom, I was just in there and I put all the dishes in the dishwasher. And I said, thank you. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't even notice that. I didn't realize you had done that. She just finished doing what it is that you were like, talking to all of us about collectively. Correct. So, and you were talking about what the house looked like last night. Right. You're talking about what does the house look like in the last, whatever, 10 years. Cause it was a buildup of like for the last, for, like I said, over the weekend, there was a lot of people cooking. There was a lot of people coming and going. A lot of, a lot of the girl's friends were in the house. So I cleaned the same areas over and over and over and over. And I really wanted to sit down and I went back in the kitchen and then there was water everywhere again. So I'm like, okay, hold on. Yeah. This ain't working. This ain't working. But she said, I, the reason she had the facial expression is not because she's dissing me. It's not because she's thinks I'm, you know, a lot of times are when we're, we're vulnerable like that, when anyone gives us a look, we're so worried about being harmed that we just get defensive really yeah. quick. So it's interesting because in this, um, the, you know, in Brene's book, she actually, Harriet Lerner, do you know Harriet Lerner? No. She wrote The Dance of Anger. It's actually probably one of the best books that I think for women and men, it mm. came out I think I read it in my 20s. It's been out forever. But she's also done The Dance of Intimacy, I think. Um, th- that's kind of her thing, The Dance of. Okay. And I can't remember all of her books, but she's still around. And we Harriet use that Lerner. term a lot, dance. Like, this is all dance. Absolutely. All dance. So one of her quotes that Brene uses in her book is, Harriet Lerner teaches to listen with the same passion with which we want to be heard. Mm-hmm. So as soon as, you know, if I come in and talk about something and I just kind of spill and share and do a little teaching and, and 
everything, then it is also my job to listen. Yeah. We, and people will say, well, I'm the parent. I'm going to talk. I'm not going to hear what they have to say. Well, good luck, because then what you're teaching them is when you're in a place of leadership, you don't listen. Well, and they will eventually be in a place of leadership if it be in a team in their classroom, yeah. if it be on you know a team in their mm-hmm. uh, you know soccer. Teach them that part of leadership, we're not seeing this in our country right now. Yeah. So we have to do it in our own homes. Yeah. Is listening well? Um, one, I love that quote. I've never yeah. heard it before, and it's you know Stephen Covey: seek first to understand, then yep. to be understood. Um, but the other way that last night's conversation could have gone sideways in an instant. One was the one kid wasn't rolling their eyes, but they're giving body language right. as if. And the other, there was a moment where the kid, the other kid, started piling on. Right, which is kind of her way, because what she does is she holds a lot in. Yeah. And when I open a door, when mm-hmm. I become vulnerable, she gets uh, more confidence to be vulnerable too. Mm-hmm. And she will start going after She'll someone. And, I, and she knows her pattern. We, yeah. we talk about it all the time. And I said, we're not going to gang up on anyone right now. Yeah, basically, we, you shut that immediately conversation we're not going to look at one person and say you're doing it because there's nothing true about that you're feeling a bunch of energy about stuff that has nothing to do with what i'm talking about and you're trying to take that out on someone what's interesting is the kid that that went on the attack to the other kid is much cleaner so she had yeah she she does take care of her so she felt justified in attacking and that's why she wanted to gang up because the truth is she does take care of her spaces a lot better yeah and the thing is, is I try and always give her props mm-hmm. about an appreciation for what she takes care of yeah. and recognize it. But at the same time, in that moment, what I was trying to talk to everybody about was not just take care of your own stuff, but let's help each other. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like everybody who listens to us talk, you know, I talk about the stairs all the time, but I clean up and put things on the stairs with the expectation that people will then carry their stuff up. It's this weird thing that everybody just walks over their own stuff. So what <laughs> I said last night was, if you're going upstairs and you have an extra hand, carry someone else's stuff. I do it all the time. Right. Like, why not grab your sister's sweatshirt and throw it on her bed? Like, practice what you would like people to do for you. So fast forward to the end of the night. Yeah. The one kid starts carrying their stuff up the stairs. Yeah. She's got a lot of stuff on the stairs. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is she funny. She can't make it all the way up because there's literally too many things. So she asked me to help her. And you were at your desk working. I was working. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Take two trips. Like it literally takes 15 seconds. And you said, um, listen, we just had this talk about teamwork of helping each other out. This is an opportunity for me, the dad, to help out my kid and to ex- and, demonstrate and what to I role was model about, right? everything you were just saying. And I did it. But there's, you know, my ego is like, no, take two trips. Like I'm not helping you. And I think sometimes, Todd, and, and this kind of goes... I want to make sure we have time for the other two, so I'm only going to say this really quick. But I think sometimes the the place that – there's places you pull me back from mm. and the place I try and pull you back from a lot is you don't have to teach all the time. Yeah. Just be a human. Like I think you you constantly go to – constantly is too strong. You so often go to kids need to learn this or kids need to do this and I need to teach them. And you don't constantly have to teach your kids. Like. Mm. If someone, if a human being is saying, because it's not like she's saying, I'm not going to carry anything, come carry it. Her arms are full. And yeah. she said, well, someone help me. Right. And you're saying, no, I want to teach you to take two trips. Right. 
why not in that moment can we help? Because what we're teaching is I'll help you. If she's not pulling her weight, that's a totally different story. Yeah. It's not, Dad, you do this. Mm -hmm. It's, will you help me with this? And that is great. So the first one is um, of the heart of daring leadership is you can't get to courage without rumbling with vulnerability. Embrace the suck. Okay? We got it? Got it. Now, this is, you guys, you you know how fast we're going through these, so you got to read the book. But number two, love this. Self-awareness and self-love matter. Who we are is how we lead. Okay. So... Here's the thing. I The reason why this one was so important to me is because on Team Zen, when we talk about being with our kids and being frustrated or just in sessions that I have with people or even the conversations you and I have, is we say things about, um, you know, I'm feeling afraid. I wish I didn't have to. I wish I wouldn't feel afraid or I wish I wouldn't feel challenged by my children because when I get challenged, this is how I'm going to react. Sure. And what I'm always trying to shift in people or, or have them look at it a different way is you're going to be challenged no matter what. You can't change that. Fear, when your child does something that is out of the ordinary, fear is going to co- come up. The question is, can you change your behavior mm. in the midst of the fear? Hmm. Can you feel the difference between those two things? I think so. So do you see how people will say, well, that challenges me and that makes me afraid, so I'm going to act this way. And I'm saying, no, the fear will be there. You're already challenged. So did you have fear last night? No. Having the conversation? No, I didn't. Okay. But that that was not a big deal. Okay. Um, but there are obvious other examples where you do feel afraid and you walk through that path anyways. Well, I think what the acceptance is, and again, I just, I'll say it again, is you're going, it's kind of like courage, you know, the only way to be courageous is to be afraid. And one of the things that um, Brene Brown found out in all of her research is she thought that the, I'm going to, I'm kind of taking a a detour here. She assumed the reason people in companies or in in organizations, the reason they didn't take risks was because of fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was like, really what it boils down to is everybody's afraid. That's why there's not more creativity and more rumbling with, you know, conversation and that kind of thing. Then she started interviewing people around that thing, saying, okay, what you know, it's fear, right? And all these people came back and said, No, it's not fear. I'm afraid every day. But I still, you know, she started interviewing people who were doing things well. Sure. And they're like, no, I'm afraid every day. I just do it differently. Yeah. So this person gets afraid and shuts down. I get afraid, realize I'm afraid, but behave differently. Right. I actually still take the risk. I still go yeah. to connection. So my point is, is that you're not going to get rid of feeling vulnerable, challenged, and afraid. What you need to shift is the behavior in the midst of it. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Instead of thinking that you're going to be above fear of failure Correct. or whatever it is, just know that it's going to be there and decide to walk through it anyways. Yeah. Fear is the emotion at the center of all problematic behaviors and cultural issues. I'm reading out of Brene's book. It's what you expect to find is the underlying barrier to courage. However, all the daring leaders we interviewed talked about experiencing fear on a regular basis, which means that feeling fear is not the problem. The, it's what you do with the it. The obstacle to brave leadership is how you respond to your fear. Right. And so we think like, oh, I'm afraid. That must mean I'm not supposed to do this. Correct. You got it. You yeah, got it. I got it. So, and fear, that's kind of going back to the vulnerability thing is when we get vulnerable, we'll say, well, I'm having such an uncomfortable feeling. I'm not going to move forward or or I'm, I'm uncomfortable. So I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to shut down and I'm going to get passive aggressive. And we go the wrong way. Right. 
We withdraw. We withdraw instead of, and you know, this self-awareness that she's talking about in self-love is trusting that you can manage, that you can accept the fear. Mm -hmm. I think one thing, and this is just the blessing of being 47 and having a lot of life experience, and you and I have had a lot of loss, and we've had a lot of things in our life that have gone wrong um, and also gone right. But that's the whole point, yeah. is that that's life. Like you wake up and your your pipes are leaking, yeah. but it doesn't mean, oh, this week is going to be the worst. And it doesn't mean now all day everybody's going to get the brunt of the fact that my mm. pipes are leaking. That's got nothing to do with anything else. So I, if I can summarize what this part of Brene's book is saying is that when you do feel that fear... Just know that that's normal. Yep. And that if you want to be the best CEO in the world, the best mom or dad in the world, the best friend in the world, is to expect that expect emotion it. and to, I don't know, walk through it. I don't know what the language is. You expect it and you do it anyways. Do, don't allow it to <laughs> paralyze you. Paralyze you. And and that takes, you know, going back to self-awareness and self-love is it takes practice. Like this is where a lot of the things you and I have talked about for years about self-compassion and about and you guys courage, just the definition of courage and bravery as we know, they don't exist until you're afraid. Yeah. You can't even have courage until the fear comes up first. When people are like <clears throat> I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to make all these choices. Aren't I courageous? Not unless you're afraid first. Isn't this like reptilian brain stuff? Like it, obviously if you're afraid of something, there's danger, mostly emotional danger. Now we're not getting chased by tigers, but the fact that our reptilian brain tends to take over, I feel like this is what we're talking about is developing your prefrontal cortex. Know that rep your reptilian brain is going to make you afraid and it's going to tell you to fight mm -hmm. or get out of there. Right. And what we're saying is don't fight, don't get out of there, shift into your heart or shift down to your heart or shift up to your prefrontal cortex and know that actually the riskiest thing you can do is to fight or flight. Exactly. You know? Realize what's happening yeah. is instead of being like, I'm in fear, I'm like, you know, like you said, I'm in fear, I'm going to run away or I'm going to fight you, I'm going to start arguing, take a deep breath and realize there's another way. And like you said, that, that, we are needing our prefrontal cortex in that moment, meaning that's the only way to get to rationality and to calm down. Yeah. We also need to do some really basic things like take a deep breath, yeah. you know, walk away. Yeah. Like, I don't know where everybody's at a different place in their ability to manage their fear. But what I want us to realize, the common humanity is we all have it. So there's not like, well, I have more fear than you or you have fear and I don't. Baloney. I have as much fear. You have as much fear. It's how we practice managing it yeah. and what we, the story we tell ourselves about our fear. We, we, a lot of us have trauma. Um, and I'm, I'm using the word trauma, but I mean that in, in many ways, like it could be that we're still, a lot of women I work with are still very stuck in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, I want other girls to think I have it all together. I don't want any other girls to think that they like got me or that they yeah. have something over me. They're stuck at 13 and they've forgotten that they're a grown woman yeah. and they're still relating to women and men in a very immature way. Yeah. And it can take, you know, I'll give you the, cause you always talk about this and I'm much more of, I think you know, I think things takes practice. But once you start to realize that you're reacting because you're afraid someone's going to blow you off mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, wait, that doesn't happen anymore. That happened when I was 12. Yeah. Cellular memory. Stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden you realize you don't have to 
you're reacting your from something that's pretend. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you totally are helping me with this because you got it. Like we're telling ourselves a story about something that's not true anymore. Yeah. So it's the same thing with our kids is we have stories about what parenting is supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like. And this is why we end up parenting like our own parents because we go on autopilot and we just start doing things that we experienced. So when people are like, I can't believe I'm saying things like my mom did. I'm like, well, of course you are because you're going into that place unconsciously. What you have to do is when you have that fear or when you're being tested by a challenge to make a conscious choice of what your behavior is going to be. So just um, to finish you, this one. Are you okay? Cause we got a, we got 10 minutes. Left. I know I want to do the last one too. So, um, so the real barrier to leadership is our own armor, the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that we use to protect ourselves when we aren't willing and able to deal with our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So that's where self-awareness and self-love come in to leadership. So go ahead. Um, we're going to go to part three in a second or the third bullet point. But first, I do want to thank a few people. Yes. We have a Zen friend. Um, you know, I'm doing, I'm giving everybody nicknames these days. Mm -hmm. um, so we have one Zen friend and a Zen friend is somebody who uh, gives, uh, donates to the scholarship fund for the Zen Parenting Conference. Yes. Um, and I want to thank uh, Alicia, the associate Hanson. Why the associate? I don't know. I did my nickname generator and that's what she got. Elementary Alicia, the associate Hanson, because she's a teacher. Oh. She took the teacher's discount. Nice. So you can, in the name generator, you can say something about them. So she's elementary, Alicia, the associate. But Hansen. isn't elementary, that sounds like, even though she's a teacher. Yeah. And so I understand where that comes in because I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. elementary school teacher too. But elementary can sometimes sound young. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We should give her better ones like Alicia the Awesome. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> and we have uh, four new Team Zen members. Okay. And Team Zen is something we, uh, it's a subscription where you pay 25 bucks a month and you get on two Zen Talks with Kathy and I, a Facebook uh, page, private Facebook page. We're doing a book club right now on Debbie Reber's book, Differently Wired. So there's a lot of different things that come in. So here we go. Uh, Hannah, Mr. Cotter Kaplan. And the reason she's Mr. Cotter is because she's from Brooklyn, which is where... Mr. Cotter. Mr. Cotter. What's the name of the... Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Uh, Nikki, uh, she's from New Zealand. Uh -huh. The All Blacks Smith. And the All Blacks is the um, rugby team that wins every single year. Oh. She's from New Zealand. Nice. Which I think is pretty well, far away. You know what? I, well, it is. It's quite the plane ride. You know what I love about our Team Zen now is we really are international. So I love, um, you know, obviously there's people from all over the United States, but now there's people from all over the world. Yes. So it's really fun to get different perspectives from people. And then uh, husband and wife joined our team, sweetie. Okay. Um, Mike the Medic Ross. Oh, well, he is a medic. He's he an ER doc. And Claire the Bear Ross. That's what uh, I call her. Yeah, I call her Claire Bear. Claire Bear. Hi, um, Mike and Claire. So welcome to our Team Zen members. If you want to learn more about Team Zen, just go to our webpage. We'd love to have you as part of our team. Yeah, Team Zen is something I just always like to say that because Todd always talks about all the things we do. Team Zen is a support system for you. So you can be a voyeur. You can be really involved. You can just listen on your own time. What it is, is it's it's not another expectation of you. because it's an invitation. A lot a... of things like this, I would have never joined yeah. because I would have been like, I don't want something else I have to do. There are zero have tos. This is just extra. It's all choice. So I just want to say that because that's my personality. All right. Last um, one, sweetie. Okay. So before I get to that last one, I want to say that in October and November, I actually have a few 
openings. I do, um, this is just for people in Chicagoland. I have a, a private practice and I um, do like, you know, very targeted sessions with people where I meet with people just once or maybe like occasionally, like once a month or once every couple months. And I also do supervision for people who are um, therapists themselves and are maybe they have a big caseload or they have certain clients that they struggle with. I do supervision. And I was reminded about that because your sister was saying yesterday she's looking for that. Mm, nice. Um so if anybody needs any of those things, they want a very targeted session with me or they want to, you know, see someone once a month or just some resources, um, you can come see me. Go to uh, Kathy at ZenParentingRadio.com and I'll send you my schedule. But I only have some times in October and November. That doesn't come up very much. So Sweet. I just wanted to share. The last one is uh, number three, which is... Courage is contagious. This is my favorite one. And this is why I like talking about these things, because to to grow our leadership and build courage in the world, we have to create a culture in which brave work, tough conversations and whole hearts are the expectation and armor is not rewarded. Mm. Here's the thing. Everything we see on the news, I literally, after watching 60 Minutes last night, yeah. wanted to like... And when I say this, I, 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 it's going to sound too harsh. I really felt sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. I, and I don't know if you guys have watched 60 Minutes last night. Leslie Stahl interviewed our president. I, it's so hard for me to watch somebody lead that way. Yeah. And if you, that is so against everything I know and understand about leadership and connection and communication that I just struggle internally with how this is happening. It's got nothing to do with, I know some people like I agree with this policy. I, I am connected to this kind of, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat. I'm not, it's, I'm not trying to create divisiveness here. I'm talking about how someone leads. And we know that this way of leadership is not effective in the long run. And it teaches people how to be armored up. Mm -hmm. It teaches people how to be defensive. It teaches people not to accept any responsibility, to never take blame, to never listen. And it's so hard for me as someone who is trying, not just for me, it's not about Kathy. It's so hard universally yep. and energetically when what, what so many people are trying to do is create more of a connection in the world. So why this is the most important last one is don't stop doing these things we sometimes get sucked into, well, if these people are going to do it this way, then I'm going to do it this way, meaning the yeah, negative way. Right. If they're going to be all blaming, then I'm going to be blaming. Don't do it. And, and I'm saying that with a lot of love. Be better than that. Be a leader. And when, when people say, well, you know, what are you getting back from that? Or not everybody else is treating you that way. Say, I'm creating a culture where this becomes normal. Yeah. I'm going to have a family. If you, if you come from a biological family that doesn't do this and you're like, but they don't understand, that's okay. Right. You don't have to constantly explain to everybody why you're doing it. Just do it because you know it's right. So... It says, given the reality, I'm going to read from Renee's book again, given the reality of the world we live in today, that means leaders like you and I must create and hold spaces that rise to a higher standard of behavior than what we experience in the news, on TV, and in the streets. And for many, the culture at work or at home needs to be even better than what they have experienced in their own lives. Like we got to take it up another notch. Sometimes leadership strategies make us better partners and parents, and we have to impose these things. So, um, well, when you see, um, whether it's the leader of our country or the leader of an organization lead from this 
very like um, n- like fear based, yeah. shame based. It's very place. seductive to do the exact yep. same yep. thing. And I think what you're saying is understand that there will be some seduction to that, and not to take that bait, and instead rise above and lead from a place of love, compassion, accountability. Like insert all the other words. And why? I feel like not only can we teach this because we study this and we live this and, you know, this is what Todd and I invest our lives in, is that we know from history, this is where history comes in so, like, why history becomes so interesting for those of us who are older. And and even my children are are more interested in it than I was. Maybe it's just because of what's going on in our country. But you, we know how... We know what wins, right? Everybody knows love wins. Rob Bell. We know love, love wins. We know that, you know, that we can't say how long something will last, or you know, there will always be negative. There will always be things that come in that are armor filled and fear filled and shame filled. But we know, at least I feel like I know that the universe is good, and that we come from good. And that that is the truth about all things. And then anytime we're acting from a place of fear, it's because we've been harmed. And it's because hurt people hurt people. So then we're creating more hurt because we haven't tended to ourselves. And so our job in the world as human beings, not just our workplace or our home, is to make sure we tend to ourselves and honor ourselves and have compassion and love for ourselves so we can create and and live the truth about our world. Yeah. Like I it's the basis. We are good. So my examples of that, I think of uh, when I read A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, yeah. and he, he talks about this metaphor about, you know, before animals and human beings came around as all plants. And in the beginning, it was a bunch of weeds or, you know, whatever. And then eventually, like whatever, a billion years later, a flower popped up. Yeah. And there is a natural trajectory. And I know that there's like peaks and valleys within short cycles, um, but there's a natural trajectory towards evolving consciousness in my opinion and this is just what you and i believe in and although it seems like when you do turn on the news that consciousness is 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 plummeting it's really not it's really not and and as far as like the amount of people that are starving in the world there's all these different statistics like the the amount of people that are killed from war starvation like we're moving in the right direction is is the news doesn't want us to know that because the news sells based on fear, but we really truly are moving in the right direction if you look at the long view of this. So just to believe in that because it is the truth. And to take care of the moment as it is. It's not about a spiritual bypass where we go, we're moving in the right direction, therefore I don't need to worry. No, we still need to do things in this moment to tend to things that aren't going well. Yeah. We need to be participants. I, we were out with a group of friends on Saturday night having dinner and my friend Annie said something to about us posting things about our belief system. And she's like, you guys are really just going all out. And and I feel like I said to her, I don't know, there's no other options in, if you believe something to stay quiet about it makes no sense to me anymore. And it's not about creating fights or coming up against people or saying you need to win. I'm not going to extreme ends, but I'm still willing to listen to people who have differing beliefs than I 
let's talk about it. Let's let's have difficult discussions for people who think I don't have the full picture. Please, I, 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 Todd and I get emails all the time of people saying you didn't look at it this way, and they're right yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, they have points that I didn't think of. One, um, you know, sometimes we try to, okay, how do I learn this behavior? Yeah. There is a podcast out there called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Yeah, and it's this. I think he's a white gay man. Mm-hmm who finds somehow these trolls that hate who he is, how he identifies, and he... And then realizes they're not trolls. Lovingly and compassionately reaches out to them, asks if, hey, can we record a conversation? Because I want to understand how you got to... And he's like, sometimes it goes sideways, but most of the time they connect. That's right. So listen, look for that podcast. I think it's called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. And it's just so funny because you and I, you know, we do Friday shows, we call it conversations with people we love because <laughs> there's some power in that too. Like, let's, let's get our team together and let's, let's broadcast this message. And he goes the other way. He's like, let's broadcast this message about how two people can come from two different backgrounds, have two different belief systems, yet somehow connect. Because that's what happens. It's easier for us to, it's easy for us to hate groups. Yeah. It's easier for us to hate ideas and concepts but when you are face to face with a human being, it is very difficult to hate them. Yep. And that is That's our hardwiring. That's our hardwiring. We want to listen to another person. When we are face to face with someone, um, it, we see them as us and we realize they have their own story. That's where divisiveness comes in is when we say us and them. Yep. And that's that can be a mistake. That's why um, but like I said, people email us and say, Kathy, you said this, or Todd, you didn't realize this, or what about my story? And all of those things are valid. Todd and I have learned we basically have a school here because people are willing to email us and say, Can you consider this? Or and and here's the thing. 92% of the emails we get are very respectful. Mm-hmm. We get occasional ones where people are just pissed yeah. and it's their own story. Yeah. Um, but people are really good about sharing their perspective with us in a way that allows us to be like, yeah. yeah. So so um, anyway, that's Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. Her new book is out. I highly recommend it for your workplace, but also as you're reading it, consider your family. Um, and then I want to talk about Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He's our uh, partner, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. Conference tickets are still on sale. Uh, Julie Lithcott, Hames, Devorah Heitner, mm-hmm. Glennon Doyle, and Abby Wambach. Abby Wambach. Um, go to zenparentingradio.com and conferences right on the top. Uh, I do coach guys. So if there's any guys out there that want to chat on the phone and deepen the relationships, uh, check me out at toddadamscoaching.com. And you got anything? Um, just have a really good week. And um, remember that courage is contagious. So as you're being courageous and you're feeling vulnerable, don't forget that you're teaching in that moment. You're inspiring other people and how valuable and important you are. You're a part of the big picture. So thank you. Keep trucking. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. 
Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft, from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios. <laughs>